It's the only time we see this team this season, so let's learn a thing or two about them. From the Mountain Division, it's the Utah Grizzlies, and we profile the broadcaster of the team, Tyson Whiting, in his second season with the club. And Tyson, second year with Utah, Colorado Avalanche affiliation, which usually is a pretty good thing. They led to back-to-back championships for the Eagles at this level, but injuries are happening, and your players are playing well. It's also led to a lot of call-ups to the AHL. Yeah, a lot of call-ups. Uh, the Avalanche and the Eagles have both had injuries, and that's really affected the Grizzlies roster. Their top four scores are all now with the AHL, and uh, that to that to go along with the goaltenders off to a little bit of a slow start really has made for a slow start for the Grizzlies, partly because the rest of the Mountain Division is so tough. I mean, the Grizzlies aren't necessarily as poor as their three, six, and three record shows. It's just one of those things where the schedule's been a little bit tough and uh, just haven't quite gotten the goaltending that uh, the Grizzlies are used to getting. As the season started to develop itself during the summer, did you have a feel for the way the roster was going to take shape? Did you feel like there was going to be a heavy influence from the affiliate? Yeah, because uh, partly because there wasn't a whole lot of news in July and August. It was one of those things where about two weeks before the season started, you get a whole bunch of forwards from the the uh, AHL affiliate, and you were, that's, that was pretty much just about all the forwards, except for maybe one or two guys. And so you knew there was going to be a lot of offensive firepower, and the Grizzlies had shown that in spurts. They had a game in Allen on to October 18th where they scored 10 goals. It was the most that uh, the team has put since 1995. They also had a game where they scored seven goals, and uh, and their other victory. Uh, five goals. So they've got 22 goals and there are three wins. And so offense has kind of been there at times. Then there's been other times where because of the call-ups, because of a guy like Josh Dickinson, who was the October ECHL player of the month, you know, he was he was dynamite along with Travis Bear. And those guys are in the AHL right now. And they certainly earned those call-ups, but it does hurt the, uh, it does hurt us a little bit because outside of a guy like Ty Lewis, who's got a lot of skill, we didn't necessarily get a whole lot of guys coming back from Colorado. And so that's kind of hurt the offense a little bit. You mentioned the 3-6-3 record, but one of the notes that fascinates me about your team right now is your even or better goal differential in all three periods. So that leads me to believe that you're probably playing in some pretty close games, just maybe not getting the bouncer to that you need at the right time? Yeah, that's pretty much been the case. Um, oddly enough, in the three Grizzlies victories this year, they've outscored opponents 10-1 to in the first period, which means the other nine games haven't necessarily gotten off to fast starts. And in nine of those 12 games, Grizzlies have not scored first. And so they've been playing from behind quite a bit, you know, being down one nothing, 2 nothing in games. Kind of hard to come back because it always seems like every February we always look at every single team in the league and, they, you know, they have that stat, oh, and they score first. They got a record of 28-9. and every, every team's record is always great when they score first. And so really the big thing for the Grizzlies has been the other two periods have been pretty even. Same with the first period. It's just been uh, the fact that uh, in the uh, nine games the Grizzlies haven't found a way to win, uh, just haven't done well, done well in the first period and have had to come from behind in those games. When I saw you guys in person last year in January, one of the first things that jumped out in me was that you played a big game, a heavy game. You had a really a ton of big guys on your team, and it made it hard for Wheeling's forwards to establish anything in the offensive zone. I see a guy like Tegan Zahn is back on the roster. Is there still that heavy type of a formula from the back end, or what's kind of the MO of this group? 
Uh, the defensemen aren't necessarily as big as they were last year. I mean, Tegan's on still back there, but uh, do have uh, you know, Peter Tischke's got pretty decent size at 6'2", about 200 pounds, but the defensemen aren't necessarily as big as they were uh, last season, and uh, they just added a guy in Garrett Klotz who's known for being a, a big physical guy, and he's he's massive at 6'6", and about 250 pounds, and so really the Grizzlies in that mountain division, it's a very physical division. You're going to have to have some, some size, and it really you don't notice it until you play teams outside side of the division, and then you realize, oh, Grizzlies are a lot more physical compared to some of the, the, the other teams you see in the league. So uh, that's really what they want to build because they want to have that that physical brand of hockey because really 60 out of the 72 games are against the Mountain Division, and the rest of the division is a little bit more uh, you know, bigger uh, physically, a little bit more uh, of that physical team uh, nature that uh, is going to rack up some penalty minutes. Clots and physicality are spoken in the same sentence very frequently. There's another guy, and I know fans in Wheeling are absolutely crushed that he is not here on the trip. Obviously, he got suspended for an incident in Kansas City. Patrick McGrath, how much have you enjoyed having him in the first few games with the Grizzlies? How have the fans taken on to him? Because we sure loved him here in Wheeling. Uh, he's become a fan favorite five penalty minutes at a time. He's uh, he's somebody that gets the crowd fired up. Uh, he's somebody that uh, does bring a lot of energy on the ice, and uh, every now and then, you know, the, uh, he was able to get a centering feed and scored a goal in Idaho on November 1st, and so he's somebody that uh, really can be a dynamic player, uh, can be one of those guys that uh, does get the crowd going, and uh, the fans certainly love those type of players, and uh, yeah, I know he was looking forward to coming back to Wheeling. He's a little bit disappointed that uh, he's unable to. Uh, you know, Hopefully he'll come back in the summer and maybe play golf or something here. Four years in the American Hockey League for Patty. So first time back in the ECHL since he was back in Wheeling in 2015-16. How's he taking that? Is he really kind of embracing the leadership role now that he is maybe one of the older guys on your team? Yeah, he's taking a leadership role on the team. There's a lot of rookies. There's a lot of young guys, but uh, he's taking a leadership role. So is Tegan Zahn, who's been a guy that's got a lot of pro experience. And uh, Taylor Richard, who was named captain just before the season. He's in his fourth season with the Grizzlies. And so those three guys in particular have really uh, been a good example for the young guys. And uh, somebody like Patrick McGrath, early it start, kind of starts with a work ethic. And that's what those three guys are kind of showing the, the young guys is just kind of what it's like to be a pro and what it's kind of like at this level you know, and as you go up through the ranks of hockey, you know, hopefully in the AHL and maybe even for some guys, maybe they get a shot in the NHL, just kind of showing them, you know, not necessarily on the ice, but kind of more off the ice of uh, how do you be a pro? How do you work out as a pro? How do you how do you handle you know adversity like a pro? And so that's really what those three guys in particular are brought to the team. You were here last season, so you've seen our small neutral zone at West Banco Arena. This is a very fast Nailers team. Utah's going with a goaltender tonight who has not played a game for them yet. What kind of a game do you expect to see from your team? Uh, I, I kind of expect to see a high-scoring game early. I, I know for the Grizzlies, they want to score first because uh, that's kind of been something that's been a little bit of an issue for the Grizzlies is getting off to slow starts. And so they want to they want to kind of establish stuff early on. They want to they want to score first. I mean, uh, last Friday they outshot the uh, opposition, Kansas City, seventeen to two, and uh, they didn't score a goal in that seventeen shots. So first period ended no score. And so really, I think uh, that the start for the Grizzlies is important because they get down one nothing, two nothing, especially with a goaltender that's uh, making his first start with the team. Um, it's one of those things where you know you don't want to have that attitude of, oh, here we go again. So really, for the Grizzlies, it's going to be important to get off to a fast start. Very good, Tyson. I really appreciate a few minutes of your time. I want to wish you all the best this season, and especially tomorrow night. Feel free to help us out and beat up Kalamazoo. I'll see what we can do.
Tyson Whiting, the voice of the Utah Grizzlies, our guest on intermission coverage tonight. We'll take a break, come back with out-of-town scores and third-period action on the Nailers Broadcast Network.